This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, some troubling stats when it comes to the Pentagon's hiring practices for overseas positions. The deadline is set for all federal contractors to begin paying a minimum wage of $15 an hour. And for the second year in a row, there were less bid protests submitted. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. The Defense Department has some significant blind spots when it comes to civilian employees working overseas. A new review by DOD's Inspector General found HR officials do not have an easy way to match individual employees against funded positions. Among the other problems, that makes it hard to track vacancies. The IG also found unusually long hiring times for overseas jobs, even by federal government standards. On average, it took the military 225 days to fill overseas civilian positions last year. Starting January 30th, federal contractors must pay a minimum of $15 an hour for all covered contracts. The Labor Department released the final rule yesterday to implement President Joe Biden's April executive order raising the minimum wage for federal contracts. The final rule applies to all new contracts and renewals and extensions of existing contracts. Among the contractors this raise will impact include those who provide janitorial and food services at national parks and other federal facilities, as well as healthcare workers at veterans' hospitals or military bases. The number of bid protests to GAO are down for a second straight year. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has the details. Contractors filed just under 1,900 protests in fiscal 2021, a 12% decrease over 2020. The Government Accountability Office's annual bid protest report to Congress showed most of the categories remained consistent with the previous year. GAO says only 1% of all protests received hearings for a third year in a row. The one big surprise, the effectiveness rate, which measures how often an agency takes corrective action or the protest is sustained, that dropped to 48% from 51% in 2020. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. One of the biggest bills of the year is being pushed off by the Senate until after the Thanksgiving holiday. Federal News Network Scott Massioni has more on that. The 2022 defense authorization bill won't get a full vote in the Senate until November 29th. Some lawmakers have been critical of how long it's taken leadership to bring the bill to the floor. The yearly legislation focuses on policy within the Defense Department. This year's bill revamps the military justice system, authorizes the additional procurement of F-35s, and requires women to sign up for selective service so they can be drafted. The House has already passed its version of the bill. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. The Biden administration says all federal employees with a valid personal identity verification card can enter government facilities regardless of their vaccination status. Security guards at buildings operated by the General Services Administration will not be checking vaccine cards at the door. The Safer Federal Workforce Task Force says that same policy will apply to federal contractors starting January 18th. That's the deadline contractors have to comply with the administration's vaccine mandate. 90% of the federal workforce has at least partially complied with the White House vaccine mandate. More from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. 95% of federal employees are either partially or fully vaccinated or have a medical or religious exception request pending or approved. 93% of the Transportation Security Administration has complied with the mandate. The compliance rate is at 98% for the IRS. 
The administration says it's still reviewing exception requests and information from employees. Those who aren't vaccinated yet will receive counseling. The White House expects more employees will become vaccinated over time. Nicola Grisco, Federal News Network. Defense contractor Huntington Ignals Industries is keeping on employees who are refusing to get vaccinated. That's despite a mandate requiring the vaccination of federal contractors. In a memo to employees, the company's CEO claims some Huntington Ignals employees are exempt because the mandate was not a condition of its shipbuilding contracts. The company says it will enforce the mandate where contracts stipulate the need for vaccinations. Huntington Ignals employs about 44,000 people. The government is hoping the turkey isn't the only thing you locked down this week. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday explains. It's become a familiar holiday warning. Federal agencies are cautioning critical infrastructure operators and other organizations to be vigilant about cybercrime heading into Thanksgiving. The holidays are proving to be an active time for hackers. Ransomware gangs pulled off attacks in May around Mother's Day and over Independence Day weekend in July. CISA and the FBI are touting best practices like the use of multi-factor authentication, and they say to be alert to phishing emails, unencrypted financial transactions, and holiday shopping scams. Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. What are the market trends in artificial intelligence, blockchain, and 3D printing? The National Institute of Standards and Technology wants to get public feedback on the state of emerging technologies. The information will help feed a major report to Congress on advancing a more productive tech economy. Other areas include quantum computing, unmanned delivery systems, and Internet of Things technologies. A big question for NIST is what agencies can do to help foster the adoption of emerging technologies. Comments are due by the end of January. The federal government lacks a strong pipeline of new digital workforce recruits. The Government Accountability Office has some recommendations to fix that. A study of responses from agency chief data officers, technology, and information officers finds support for a digital service academy to train future federal employees for advanced artificial intelligence, data science, cybersecurity, and other in-demand skills. Tech leaders surveyed by GAO prefer a master's degree pipeline over an undergraduate pipeline. One option could be to have a four- to five-year combined undergraduate and master's degree. A federal appeals court upholds a Postal Service regulator's decision that's led to higher mail prices. Federal News Network's Joy Heckman reports. A three-judge panel with the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit finds the Postal Regulatory Commission struck a careful balance last year when it allowed USPS to set mail rates higher than the pace of inflation. The judges say the old rate system didn't ensure the financial stability of USPS, but implemented a new system that still upholds predictable and stable rates. The commission also rejected calls from USPS to completely reset prices on its monopoly mail products. The new mail rates in question went into effect on October 1st. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. Top Democrats on the House Ways and Means Committee are asking Customs and Border Protection if persistent mail delays are hampering its mission. Oversight Subcommittee Chairman Bill Pascrell and Trade Subcommittee Chairman and Trade Subcommittee Chairman Earl Blumenauer asked CBP how much it spends on postage for official communications each year and how much mail the agency receives annually. The lawmakers also asked CBP to describe how they have dealt with any recent delays in sending or receiving mail. And the Patent and Trademark Office is delaying a new fee for certain patent applications by one year. A fee for original applications not filed in a DOCX file format, except for design, plant, or provision applications, would have taken effect January 1, 2022, but the fee will now take effect January 1, 2023. USPTO wants more time to test its IT systems as users submit more applications in the DOCX file format, and the agency wants to give applicants more time to change their submissions to the right format. 
applicants can test their submissions through the Patent Center's training mode. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com, search Federal Newscast, and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White. Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply.